Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Hey, hustlers, we know that this 2024, the entrepreneurial journey is filled with challenges. An often overlooked aspect is the time-consuming task of processing payroll and managing government requirements. And did you know that the average admin spends a whopping 50 hours per month dealing with just government compliance? That's time you could be spending on growing your business, or let's be honest, taking a well-deserved break. But fear not, we got a game changer for you, introducing Sprout Solutions and their tailored solutions for MSMEs called the Payroll Starter. With Sprout Solutions Payroll Starter, you can finally reclaim your time and get your life back on track. Say goodbye to the stress of remembering tax dates or worrying about missed payroll runs. This bundle is designed to make your life easier and your business more efficient. And here's the best part. The cost starts just at 5,000 pesos per month for businesses with up to 10 employees. Yep, you heard that right. That's just 5,000 pesos per month. So why spend another minute routing in payroll paperwork when Sprout can revolutionize the way you manage your payroll and government requirements? Take the first step towards a more efficient business today. Visit sprout.ph slash payroll starter monthly 5k. If you missed that, don't worry. We have it in the description box of this episode. So click that too. And again, big shout out to Sprout Solutions because your time is too valuable to be spent on paperwork. Reclaim it with their payroll starter. Now let's begin this episode. The Hustle Share Podcast is brought to you by Payoneer, a digital payment platform that provides online money transfer with its fast, flexible, secure, and low-cost solutions. Businesses across the world can pay and get paid globally. Visit Payoneer.com now. Also by ChatbotPH. Save time and effort for your business. Automate how your team does customer service, marketing, and key redundant processes. All by using a chatbot. Invest in your own chatbot now and use AI to run your business. Go to www.chatbot.ph. I think that's the kind of perspective that I bring to the startup scene because I've been an entrepreneur for many years now. And I know that, okay, you may... Because sometimes, you know, people join pitching competitions because, you know... If they win, sure, they get the media mileage, they get the PR, right? They get the their 15 minutes, right? But if you join one pitching competition after another, it kind of deviates from your main mission, which should be scaling, growing your business. Welcome to Hustle Share, the podcast that features the daily grinds of unique hustlers around the world to show not our differences, but that our hustles are very much alike. Now here's your host, Ronster Baetyong. Welcome to episode 48 of the Hustle Share podcast. My name is Ronster and I'm your host. And this episode is powered by Payoneer, a digital payment platform that provides online money transfer, empowering businesses around the world to grow globally. Now, we are a proud affiliate of the Podcast Network Asia, but before we begin, I'd like to remind you that this podcast is not safe for work, so make sure there are no kids around when you're listening to this. 
because today we're going to be talking about the hustle behind a very, very popular TV show among startup founders. And we're going to be talking to none other than the mind behind it all. His name is John Aguilar of The Final Pitch. And this is arguably one of the most interesting episodes ever on Hustle Share because we're going to be talking a lot how it is like helping out startups here in the Philippines. But before that, John is going to take us back to where it all started of how he started hustling as an athlete and the key learnings he got from that experience that he still uses till now. John is also going to be sharing how he started out as a media professional and all the things he learned there that eventually led him to creating his own company and producing his own shows. But it's not that easy because John will come clean of how hard it got for him when he was starting out and how he eventually got his big break through a show he produced that revolved around real estate. Now this is where it gets interesting because John is now gonna talk about the hustle behind the final pitch, like what goes on behind the scenes and how they literally do the show and the preparations they have to do just to make it work. Now this is not the longest episode of Hustle Share for no apparent reason because John gave us so much in terms of learnings that we can all learn from. Like what makes a good pitch, the qualities of a good startup, and how to bounce back from failure. And listen to the whole episode because I will also be revealing something big that you might be very interested on. So if you're ready to learn the hustle behind the final pitch, let's begin this episode right now. Welcome to the latest episode of the Hustle Share Podcast. We're going showbiz today. And I still have energy. I don't know why, but we're literally recording this at night. And today we have a very good friend of mine, which eventually I'll tell you why he's here. I don't want to leak it out, but today we're hearing the hustle behind the final pitch. And welcome to the show, John Aguilar. Here on. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's like, well, entrepreneurs. <laughs> okay, John, first of all, thanks for having the time to, to visit us today. And we have a lot to talk about because I'm a big fan, knowing now what, what, I, what I do. So I officially came out of the cat's out, right? Uh, people now know that I'm onto something aside from Chatbot PH, yeah. right? I have a new startup called Podcast Network. And I want to really find out being, there's not too many people that can probably understand what I'm doing being in a producer's hat mm -hmm. or an executive producer. I don't know even what to, I don't even know what to call it. But before we get started with that, John, what's your hustle? Well, my hustle is that I like doing things that have never been done before. Mm -hmm. And I'm super competitive. Yep. So I want to be the best in whatever it is mm -hmm. that I'm doing, regardless what it is, whether it's a Spartan race mm -hmm. or uh, you know, putting up a new business mm -hmm. or just even you know, doing whatever, right? right? So that's that's really my hustle. That, that that that's what motivates me. Competition. Competition. Right. Now let's get straight to the jugular here because, you know, we always ride the hustle share time machine mm -hmm. as I always do. And by the way, this when this comes out, your episode. Wait, I think your episode forty-eight. Very close to fifty episodes. Holy fucking shit! I don't even know. You've been counting, huh? Yeah. I mean, I, we just started this out March one, but. 
again, it feels like forever. It feels like I'm more than because if you add that up in 52 at episode 52, I would have covered a year's worth of content. Wow. If I did that on a, a weekly, weekly basis, basis. Yeah. that's fucking crazy. But John, how did this 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 STEM for competition start out for you? Because you said, you know, this is all you've always been competitive, mm-hmm. right? It it competition or drive like that doesn't happen overnight. It's instilled yeah. early. How did that happen for you? It really started early for me when when I was um, maybe in high school. Oh. So I I started out as actually back in grade school as a tennis player. Wow. And I started quite late. Uh, usually mm-hmm. tennis players would start maybe six, seven years old. Yeah. I started when I was 11. Okay. So if you can just imagine, you're a new guy uh, going mm-hmm. up against age groupers who are so much better than you because they had so much more experience. Right. And But I've always been into sports and I've always mm-hmm. been into training my body right, to right. jump higher, run faster. You're always faster. that kid who's sweaty. Yeah, right, during recess, up. yeah. Yes, that was, that was me. me too. My mom would kill me going up like, you hey, have three extra shirts there, ha, anak. And when I come back, it is all sweaty, along with the one that I, And in the school bus, people don't want to sit with me because I'm stinking, right? And puberty hits you at around 10 and 11. You stink like shit, right? For you, you were like that yeah. growing up. So I started out as a tennis okay. player, mm-hmm. but found that, uh, you know, I, I was having a hard time. Okay. But uh, one day, one of my classmates actually asked me, hey, you want to try out for the track team? Wow. So, so And you studied where, if you don't mind asking? Uh, Ateneo. AMDG. <laughs> There you go. You guys are the hosts of the UAAP. Yes. So, year, so. Yeah. So so I tried out for the team. Okay. Apparently, I was I was a good track and field I was I was a good fit what was your what was your event I mean what was your okay so just to put it this way when I when I tried out for okay. the team um, when I tried out I, I I think I tried out like three events mm-hmm. I topped all of those three events no way and I think it was because I was such a hard worker as a tennis player I wasn't Got such a good it. tennis player but I think this was like my first ever like big pivot in my life right wow. I wasn't Um, so good in tennis, right? But when I get, got into track, I mm. was automatically like competitive, got right? It. So, so what happened was the work ethic that I had that helped me mm. um, as a young kid actually translated to becoming a good track and field athlete. So, the next year, uh, I, after training uh, my my ass off, right? I um, uh, actually broke the UAP record. No the, way! Well, again, the, well, for what event? In the 100 meter dash. Oh my gosh! So you're a sprinter by yes, default. By, wow. by default. So that's okay. 100 in the pole vault. And then the following year, I I won like the nationals for the decathlon. No fucking so, way! Are you kidding me? Wow! At so, this this is in high school. In high school and all the way to college. And so, then here's where I empathize with you the most. When you wear your school's colors in competition, yeah. it's ingrained with you oh, yes. forever. Yes. Like right now, I, it's UAP season. Fuck all of y'all. I'm USD <laughs> through and through. Because yeah. I put, again, I, I told this to you before. I was also a, a student athlete. Mm-hmm. Just so happens that my first event that I tried to like delving into sports was soccer. Right. Suck like shit. And there's not too many soccer fields here. We do it in a parking lot where yeah. there's stones and you <laughs> you get tipped over. Aside from the ball you worry about, you're worried about the fucking stones that are protruding. Yeah. Right. And then I tried basketball. And that was first love for yeah. me. And then yeah. eventually I became better and better. I was super competitive too. Mm-hmm. But it's it's in a team setting. And a lot of what I learned in high school. Mm-hmm. Though especially the way I run my team now is still very basketball centric. Right. Okay. However, I have this question for you, because yeah, drive is there, competition is there, whatever. 
But there's always key things that we learn from our first coaches. Mm, right. You know, because your drive can only push you through, especially when you're young. It's like, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. What was those things that you learned early on that helped you till now that, to keep pushing? Because, you know, it's easy to, okay, all right, whatever, let him win, let him coast. But it's, it's always that, that, that stuff that your coach tells you yeah. that makes you realize a higher mentality or a higher uh, mindset to, to push forward. Yeah. So my coach back in high school, Ed Sajego, was uh, of the school of thought that you didn't really need to work, um, like exhaust yourself to death, right? Mm. He was very scientific in a way. He, he wanted mm. you to work enough but not work so that you would exhaust yourself so that you would be completely useless after. Got it. Right? And I think it worked, but sometimes I didn't follow that. Mm. Right? So sometimes he would make us do uh, four laps for mm. warm-up. I would do 10. Wow. Holy so, shit. So and then I, in a field. It's, we're not, it's a in the whole oval. track field. Yeah, oh in the God. oval. So I, I was kind of like a rebellious athlete in, in, in a sense because yeah. – uh, I would be assigned to do one event, but I would totally like even do the throws and yeah. even do the other things. So, and and I think because he saw that, he saw that I wasn't just good in one thing right. because I was trying so many things. He put me in the decathlon, wow. which was also a good fit for me. So just in case you don't know, the decathlon is like uh, ten events, ten events in two days. Right. So you're competing with other decathletes. Right. Essentially, you have to know each and every event in track mm -hmm. and field, and train right. for all, so that by the end of two days, you would score the highest. Mm -hmm. right? So it was a discipline that I think prepared me well for entrepreneurship mm -hmm. because yeah. as an entrepreneur, especially at the start, you have to do everything. You don't yeah. necessarily have to be good at everything, but it forces you to pick up a lot of skills mm -hmm. that normally you wouldn't uh, know just because you're forced to do it. Yeah. Right? So that kind of, I think, set the tone for me later on as an entrepreneur, yeah. um, knowing that I had to, and, and I was like one of the most cerebral athletes at that time. There was no internet yet. Right. So I would go to the library wow. and um, research on um, the kind of food, everything from the kind of food that I would take, vitamins. Um, Bruce Jenner that time was my, he was like, like my idol, right? Yeah, but until, until he... Yeah, right, yeah. So <laughs> my, wife, now. my wife's like, okay, that's that stops now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Again, but, no homo, I'm just saying that, yeah, you know, yeah, you have but, your childhood heroes. Right. But you revere them for life right. and then boom, what the fuck, right? <laughs> but yeah, but um, yeah, I, I always say that um, hmm. when I was in, in, in high school and college, um, the best education that I got I really learned when I was in the field. Got it. Um, I was not such a studious, um, you know, uh, uh, student. Right. But I, I was the best at being what I was and what I was passionate about, which was track okay. and field. Let me delve, dig in deeper here because you know, as as athletes, you know, they always say it, and it's, it's in the UAAP opening uh, when Father Villarian said it: "You're uh -huh. a student first before an athlete." Oh yeah, right. And people don't understand this, mm. that, you know, yeah, okay, you're playing, you're jocks, whatever. Someone will always back you up. Yeah, that's true in a way, especially in basketball players. Yeah. I got the one. My head was super big back then. So I'm a basketball player, right? <laughs> whatever, fine, cool. You know, and that's the jock of all jocks, uh -huh, per se. Uh -huh. But, dude, this is hard because you only have one body. Mm. And you're basically doing two jobs, right? Right. 
how did you make it through and what was the mindset for motivation? Because it has to be more than just, oh, I want to win. Because eventually when push comes to shove and you're growing up, mm-hmm. you know, there's also adult, uh, adulthood or adolescence coming. Oh, there, I got to impress yeah. the girls, yeah. you know, and it's where focus gets instilled. Yeah. For you, how did that work? For me, it was um, quite easy just because um, I, 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 at a young age, mm-hmm. sort of matured early. Um, I remember a time when I, I was playing video games the entire day in a neighbor's house. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would go home. And I distinctly remember there was this one time like over mm-hmm. the I, I went over the gate to go home. Like post vault style? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I was on top of the gate. You know, wow. it was dinner time. Right? Hurdles. <laughs> and on the gate. <laughs> on, top of the, <laughs> on top of the gate, I right. had this 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 just this thought. Uh-huh. I thought to myself, oh my God, this entire day I spent in front of the computer. Right. Right. Um, what did I achieve mm-hmm. um, from staying in the computer, playing this game the entire day? Right. And from that moment on, something just hit me and, and okay. told me, you've got to do something better with your time. Ah. Right. Nothing against gamers. Right. I mean, right. it's a good, right. uh, you know, I mean, nothing against gamers, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, at that moment, and I was a young kid, right? I right. thought I have to be able to maximize every single day yeah. that that uh, that I had because mm-hmm. everything is precious. If I wanted to do something okay. and and achieve something, right. I have to put in some kind of work into whatever it is that I, right. I end up doing. So it mm-hmm. was kind of weird because I was I was really young and. Yeah. To have those thoughts running in my my right, head, right, and to be that vivid too. Yeah, yeah, very. Right? I remember it distinctly. The very thought, I was on top of that gate, and I said, "What am I doing? Or what did I yeah. just do with this entire?" I day? hope you landed well. You're, I did. You're <laughs> <laughs> like, oh shit! Like I've been here thirty minutes on this fucking gate. <laughs> yeah, but you know that 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 helped me. Right. That that moment helped yeah. me just kind of map out. The things that I would set myself to do later on, and I kind of empathize because I was an only child. Okay, uh, I was perfectly cool being alone mm-hmm. in my outlet. And that's why there's always pent up shit. Yeah. Like, is when I meet, meet people because when I'm at home, it's me myself and I. Yeah. But I have always so, second thoughts, and that's probably why. And you you said it earlier uh, when we we began that I was solely cool doing something never. People, people call me weird. Why do you always deviate? Why are you doing yeah. this? Dude, I got some more shit. I just learned how to harness it properly, probably Later towards, on. yeah, my yeah. Le- towards my, when I was, when I started working. Okay. Ah, oh, shit. I was, because I was a total idiot too, growing up in high school. I was a class clown and you can still see it right now. I was, no way. Not until I'm totally <laughs> introverted. <laughs> <laughs> no, and, and that that's it. But okay, let's take a step forward. After, now that's ingrained. Now I know the id. I know how the inner motivations of, of a John Aguilar is. What was your first work experience or any kind of hustle that's monetary? Because I saw a video of you, you spent some time overseas, you were singing with this guy and whatnot. Was, did you do other stuff? Were you into music at one point? Oh, yeah. Uh- when I was in college, oh. uh, people knew me for uh, two things. Two things. Okay. Either you knew me as an athlete, okay, or you knew me as the lead singer of Cradle. The no the way, chick band. yeah, chick band. What yeah. were you playing? Um, most we were we were poised to be like the younger version of Side A. 
No way. So for the millennials out there and so Gen Z, side many A. Many questions. Yes, yes. <laughs> and our primary motivation wow. uh, back then was for the girls. Of course, I mean, bro. Right? You don't, don't do it for the dudes. <laughs> <laughs> you don't so do would, it for AMDG. Right? So we right. would play for yeah. um, school fairs yep. and debuts and, and, and stuff like that. Right. And uh, yeah, we would get paid. And at some wow. point. We landed a recording contract with Dyna Records. No way. And this is college. This is college. This we 90s were... where all these big bands are coming yeah, up. Yeah. The Rico Blancos were being like the Chito Mirandas right. of Ateneo. So right. so we were like the, the side A version of that. Wow. And uh, we actually signed a recording contract with a recording company. How do you get that hustle? I'm just, um, just, you know, it's easy to make. Uh, no, actually, no, it wasn't easy mm-hmm. back then because there's no social media. Mm-hmm. You yeah. have to do mixtapes, you have yeah. to do yeah. gigs and all that stuff. Yeah. And you were working, or is it because of the athlete background that you knew how to balance this all this time? That's the thing, because with, with that band, although okay. we did sign a recording contract, all of us um, had really difficult courses. Right? Wow, what were you so, taking up? Um, I was taking uh, up BS Psychology, so it's an Psych. honors program in, in Ateneo. Wow. So the thing is, and, and and my bandmates also had really tough courses. Shout out Jason De La Rosa. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Yeah. So what happened was, uh, long story short, mm-hmm. um, our maybe first day in the recording studio was actually our last. Because Whoa. all of a sudden, everyone got busy. We had long tests. We wow. had exams that we had to prepare for. So okay. good thing the recording company didn't sue us because we okay. signed. We were even... We actually, we're even in the in like the the company calendar already, so we wow. had like a thing there. But yeah, we we ended up not pursuing it, mm-hmm. which I think was a blessing in disguise. Because True. quite honestly, I think had we done it, mm-hmm. I think I would have flunked out of college wow. just because too many girls, Monica. No, <laughs> <laughs> it's more we. I mean, I was aware of right. like the the load that okay. because that time bands would guest in shows, whatever. Right, and right. Would, and there's no and, other way to put your music out than actually yeah. roadshow your right, shit. Right, right, right. So had we done it, I think I would have not finished my. Thank God. Dino Records, you're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, after that, after Psych, what now? Because you said you've had the inner inner workings of an entrepreneur, right? Was it straight business first? What were your first hustles and whatnot? Yeah, so I graduated via psychology. Okay. um, But my interest really after college was media. 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 So right, um, back in college, I was writing for the school magazine, and I wow. figured after, why don't I write for a newspaper? So okay. I wrote for a couple of newspapers, The Inquirer, mm-hmm. and I was a columnist for another wow. newspaper. You're so, writing about? Uh, I was writing about lifestyle and sports wow. and the things that I would get into. Got it. Right? Okay. And uh, along that, alongside that, I had also a stint okay. uh, as a news reporter uh, in segment. Uh, producer for Channel 9 News. Wow, RPN. RPN. So that was my first TV job. Wow. And I remember distinctly when um, the executive producer was interviewing me, saw my resume, he looked at it and said, oh, you're an accomplished athlete. Okay. And him being an athlete himself uh, back in college, he said, I I truly respect um, accomplished athletes who are also Students, he didn't know what my grades were. I mean, okay, they, I was nobody a proud student, right? <laughs> Not but, till you showed uh, the transcript of records, <laughs> yeah. which he didn't ask for. Thank God, but Dude. Uh, he saw. Yeah. I think. I, I think it tells a lot about a person. If sure. you've worked hard, um, if you're in school, you stay in school, and you're you're doing sports, right? I agree, and nothing teaches you life oh, better than yes. sports. Yes. 
My goodness. Till it's now, I preach the same. character building. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And people always like, what's that ace? Dude, I pay the dues early. Yeah. yeah. Early. Like, uh, people my age, wherever yeah, they're drinking, wherever, dude, uh-huh. I'm killing myself in the gym. Right. And you're right? not going out, right? You're no, not I'm going out as sleep. often. I'm right? done. Yeah. Right. And you I mean, you, you still want to be cool and whatnot. Yeah. But there's just no time to mm-hmm. do that because you're exhausted and you have a bigger game to play. Right. More right. than school. Because, right. fuck, okay, gotta get Ateneo and the Pinas. <laughs> Jai Reyes is super good. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. We yeah. went to the, in my first year, my rookie year in the UAAP, we were in the, we went to the finals. Mm-hmm. We were number one. And then nice. on the finals, this is 2004, juniors. Our captain and co-captain both had mumps okay. before the finals game. We killed Ateneo in the eliminations. But both our captain and co-captain were out. So we lost. Fuck you, Chinese. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> still, still vivid. It hurts. And also the pain. You, 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 I, mean, I don't know if you ever lost some in, in, in any I event. Have, definitely. That pain sticks yeah, with you. Yeah. And that's how you endure. Yeah, because I remember um, my first... Because I was uh, it was it was my first year in track and field, right? Right. Um, I I qualified for the Palarong Pambansa. Oh yeah, and right? that's a big so thing. That's a big thing. Right. I mean, being a rookie, so right. you're there competing against you know all the, the yeah. best athletes from around the, around the, the Philippines. Yeah, around the Philippines. Yeah. And these motherfuckers from the from the provinces, I don't know what they're oh, on. They're tough. They're tough. Ooh, yeah. Right. So I distinctly remember. Um, I think my heat, I placed something like third or fourth. Wow. Which um really when when that happened, I was like. Okay, I know I'm new at this, but next year I want I want, want to be to better. Win. You want, I want to be better. Not, not even better. I, I want you to want win a medal. You want to be at the podium. Yes. Right. So the following year, I broke the record in the pole vault. Fuck. For, for, That's um, hard, by the way. Uh, whoever can fucking stick a fucking <laughs> thing on the ground and be a few feet in the <laughs> air and make it through. It's it's good. But anyway, John, let's take a break. And let me come back now. Let's push further into how you did your media job and how, you know, Final Pitch was born. But more of that after the break. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey guys, I have a very, very exciting opportunity I want to share with you guys. If you're a B2B startup founder, listen up. Your ticket to growth is here. Introducing Impact 24, the Philippines' largest B2B SaaS challenge. Calling all startups in their pre-launch, pre-seed, or seed stages. This is your chance to accelerate their growth. Submit your pitch to Impact 24 and get ready for a 10-week intensive program to elevate your solution. What's in it for you? How about... 
up to 500,000 pesos in MVP project support, exclusive credits from industry partners, personalized mentoring, and a shot to pitch at SASCON PH, the country's biggest SAS conference this April. But yo, you gotta hurry up because submissions close on January 26, 2024 already. Don't miss out on this opportunity to take your startup to new heights. Apply now at sasschallenge.ph. That's sasschallenge.ph. And good luck and I'll see you guys in Impact 24. And we're back in the break. We are still with the super athletes. There you go. Uh, John Aguilar, who again, prior to the break, we, we did now understood where the media background came in. What was the next thing that you did? Because did you go abroad for, for a bit and whatnot? Well, what was your next thing after the RPN uh, stint? So uh, there was this, I, I had a few stints in different media organizations. Okay. So I even did uh, PBA for a while. I was doing no like way. the halftime pregame with Chiki Roa. Chiki Roa, you know? yeah, oh yeah. my gosh. So we were doing oh, that. Yeah. Right. But you know, basketball was not my thing, right? Yeah. I, I, I was always, ever since, after... Um, I was. I always wanted to do something that people were not doing. Yeah. Right. So I think naturally, I although I was doing that as a job. Okay. But my passion, I, yeah. I was somewhere else. Right? right. I wanted to do things differently. Okay. So, um, yeah, I I um, as a as a TV producer, I also worked for ABS-CBN for a while. Wow. And uh, actually, I was a concept developer okay. and a writer for um, the show of uh, Chris Aquino, Game Canaba. No right? way. Yeah. <laughs> so, that so was that, awesome, by the way. That was my first experience. I grew up with that shit. <laughs> right? That was my first experience with like a really big TV setup, okay. right? So it kind of taught me that, okay, here in ABS, that's this is how they do it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we would shoot, we would stay up till 4, 4 a.m. We mm-hmm. would have more than 100 crew with us mm-hmm. and all the while I was just really trying to learn as much as I can because yep. I wanted to find out what are the things that make a big organization such as ABS-CBN successful Got it. and what are the things that maybe I can try to maybe learn from and improve mm-hmm. when the time comes that I will put up my own production company. But what were the skills? I mean, there's always, you know, the, the, the learnings and whatnot. Key skills that you learned through all these organizations that you've been through. Because, you know, at the end of the day, if you have the mindset, but you don't have the weapon to go through that, you're not going to get anywhere too. It's always the power of communication. I think talking to people, and that's why I got into psychology also for my course in college. Regardless where you are, what you will do, you will always, always engage with people. Um, and everything essentially is a pitch, right? right. You're always pitching yourself, your mm-hmm. ideas, um, whatever it is that you want to do. Mm-hmm. Someone has to believe you. Persuasion. Pers- power of persuasion. Right. They have to know that what you're pitching or what you want to happen is something that is good. Or Not just for you. Or whatever. Yes, but for, right. you know. So, so I think... Um, Really, it's 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 the power of convincing people of the merits of your ideas. Got it. What were the hardest times that you remember in that grind? Because I I've, I've been exposed to several, you know, tough work hours, seven days a week, sixteen hour, 10, 12 hour shifts. It's crazy, right? You literally sleep in the studio. Yeah. What were those hardest things that that left an indelible mark on you? Okay, so when when I was doing when I had my first TV job mm-hmm. back 
way back uh, when I was doing uh, segment producing work for RPN9. I was the seg- I was a segment host as well. Got it. Um, I remember distinctly that that time, uh, it was the Jurassic era where right. the news people would edit their footage, and you actually had this guy called a spinner. Who would spinner. who would put in the music live during the telecast? No way! Right? <laughs> so a lot Shit. of a lot of these it's not post prod. It's not no, after. No, no, it's like um, it's live, right? Right. So a lot of them just really. If you're a newscaster or a, a reporter, you would say, right. "Okay, this is my story," and bahala na the guy, right? right, right he would right. lay in the music. I remember distinctly that that was um, I, I didn't believe in that because I wanted control mm. over. Every aspect of the story, wow. from the writing, the scripting, the music, mm-hmm. everything. So I remember, after I would submit my video, um, that would be maybe six o'clock, seven o'clock in the evening. I would maybe go home, have dinner, and come back live for the 10 p.m. newscast, just so that I could supervise the spinner and tell him exactly where to lay down the music. Shit. And this is the kind of work that I was getting paid maybe 750 bucks for, wow. right, uh, per night. But I wanted to make sure that it would be perfect because okay. it was my name on the line. Yeah. It had to be perfect. It had to be something that I was proud of. Mm-hmm. And I could not entrust something like that because I've tried it. I mean, I've, I've said to the guy in previously, you know, okay, right. this is the music. It, um, and I had maybe three tracks. Uh, put it here, here, and here. But sometimes, you know, the guy's drunk or, right. or you know, whatever. Yeah. And, uh, the person wouldn't do a good job, so I made sure mm. that I would come back, um, and and personally supervise. Yeah, because it's more counterproductive anyway, right? If you if you're to do it, and again, your name is on the line. It's not yeah. the camera guys or right. whoever. It's you, right? Right, and how you lead that team. So it's leadership technically that you put in. Now, John, what was the time now where you had to like, all right, my turn to 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 create, and how did Street Park uh, come to life? Okay. So my intention was always to create my own TV shows. Got it. I've always known that um, I've always known the power of television, the television medium, mm-hmm. and storytelling, mm-hmm. right? And I've always envisioned to be able to produce shows that mattered in mm-hmm. a way where you actually learn something from the content. It's Got not it. just entertainment for ent- entertainment's yeah. sake. Um, you have to be able to derive value from watching this thing um, yeah. on the they call it the idiot box, right? Mm. But I didn't believe in that. Got it. Because personally for me, I chose the shows as a kid that I watched. Right. And I actually learned a lot of things just by watching TV. Mm. Right? So, so to me... street or yeah, whatever. Uh, or, or, I was in Batang at one point. <laughs> I swear. I, no, no joke. Because the school that I went to uh, was the, direct, the director of the school. I mean, the director of Batibot uh-huh. was the owner of the school. Cool. So apparently we were just being exploited as talents. <laughs> we got the fucking talents from the school. But anyway, long story short. So you got there, and now what? What's the, what's the, how did you uh, make sure that there's value in what you made? And what was the first show? Okay, so my first experience. Well, my first experience producing right. was uh, I, I I produced a dance show. Okay. Just because um, one of my interns that time, and as a new entrepreneur, right. you know, you would have loads of interns, not really enough uh, employees, right? Right. So I had um, some interns, some lady interns, who told me, "Hey, you know, sir, uh, dance is so 
hot right now. Is I this mean, the Dianara one? No, no. Okay. No. So I'm, dance uh, competitions in high school and college. Um, back in the mid 2000s. Um, I remember was, this. Was really like huge, right? Yeah, because um, of Step Up. Maybe, maybe yeah. because of that. So I grew up in their shit as well. I talk like these, bro. <laughs> so you know, just based on that, yeah. I figured, okay, it's probably it probably makes sense to produce a dance show, right? Mm. Um, so we did. It was yeah. our first dance show. It was called Dance Idol. Dance. And Idol. my, I did not know anything about dance, Dancing. right? I mean, I, the, I was the secretly hoping that you were a, you were a crumper. <laughs> no, 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 Jan so, and good luck. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it was fascinating for me because yeah, I, yeah. I, I saw them because we had different categories. We had cheer dance, we had street, we Could had an walk. open category, right, right. jazz. So wow. it was an education for me just mm. trying to figure out, okay, where can I earn money, right? right. So to make a long story short, it, it was a success. We did it for like maybe, um, we, we started out as a five-part TV special. Eventually, it, it was like a 10-episode season. Wow. Um, did not make money. Mm-hmm. But it was a successful um, project for us mm-hmm. that kind of put us uh, in the radar of okay. um, some of the networks like Studio okay. 23, Lifestyle Network, wow. which paved the way for us to produce content for them later on. Got it. Just Here's now my, my question. So now you're also, aside from a producer, you're also an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. right? How did you make ends meet? How did you bootstrap? Because, dude, TV, creating TV shows is not cheap. Yeah. Right, this is not cheap. I'm fucking putting up a podcast, and I'm already like feeling the crunch. So you know, this, this con- great content requires great investment, right? For you, how did you even make that work for to, to to get that off the ground? And how did you make ends meet? And especially if your first show wasn't a hit, then you're breaking even. You still gotta pay the guys, yeah, yeah. right? How did you make that work? I remember there were times when, especially after Dance Idol, we right. we hardly made money, right? Yeah. Uh, we actually lost money. I had to mm-hmm. borrow money from people, uh, right. friends, relatives. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I remember we, we had a small office in mm. Katipunan. Mm-hmm. Um, our rent that time was about maybe 13000 13, yeah. uh, I actually had to move to another office mm-hmm. upstairs that was maybe eight five uh, okay. a month just because I needed to find a way to be able to bring my costs down. Yeah. Um, and it was very a very humbling experience for me. And during that time, were you doing other side hustles? To oh, keep, yeah, to make all the meet? time. Because, okay. you know, you're, that time, you know, video editing wasn't uh, easily accessible to everyone, right, right. right? So we would do student projects. We would ah. edit student videos. Wow. So just to kind of, okay, sustain uh, the overhead. Right. Yeah. And you do what you can, right? Because you know you have a goal, but you're not there yet, but you have to hustle. I mean, right. you have to find a way to to, to survive. On, on your personal uh, aspect, though, I mean, because, you know, making the business survive is one thing. How about you? How did you make ends meet? <laughs> wow. Um, for me, it, it was a test of, um, obviously, I was frugal that time. I didn't have a choice. Right. Um, but I also had to be creative. Yeah. Um, there were a lot of times when I wanted something done and I would rely on initially my interns, right? Yeah. Um, we, there was this time back in 20, um, t- 2007. Wow. Um, after like a failed first show, I had like one employee. Yeah. Right? My, who was my marketing manager that time. Yeah. And around that time, I was um, trying to look for what is the 
next show that I could produce that will kind of bring me that, you know, be a cash cow or bring me that yeah. steady income, right. right? And I was reading through the papers and I noticed mm. that there were a lot of real estate ads ah. in the papers. And I kind of had a light bulb moment. Right. You know, what if I produce a real estate show? Okay. Um, there was not there was nothing on TV that time that served that market, Got and, it. and it, and it was a growing market. Yeah, you could see because you would see um, these ads, but nothing on TV. So I thought, okay, let's do this. Right. And I remember there was this one time uh, I went to Canada to visit my relatives. Right. And uh, just sort of researching, also trying to validate the mm. idea of overseas Filipinos taking an interest in a TV show that would showcase real estate properties in the Philippines. Got it. So I remember my one employee and my interns were doing research back in Manila while I was trying to validate the concept right. idea abroad. Mm -hmm. And when I came back, uh, I just basically told them, okay, what do you have for me? And okay. they, they showed me all of these. Okay, so these ads, these will be our target clients, mm. right? And Oh, the writing was on the wall. It was there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was pretty easy to see it. But, but did you have the network? No, not, not okay, at all. Wow. I had no connections. Wow. So we did everything uh, from scratch. Yeah. Right? And we got lucky with our first season mm -hmm. because we closed two major accounts. Okay. And one of those accounts, I would say, is my all-time best close account. Okay, which is? Uh, which was for a real estate developer. Okay. Um whose marketing manager okay. uh, or whose marketing manager for that project um, I met that time okay. would later eventually become my wife. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> what a close. There you go. So, yeah. so Monica, I met yeah. um, during her days at Lanco. Wow. So she go. was one, one of my first clients, right? Nice. So, um, and I always say this now, uh, so she charmed her way to to my life. <laughs> <laughs> you you actually you, you have you fall into the trap, bro. Just kidding. But so oh, yeah, yeah, but but you know it it, it was a very interesting yeah. uh, first year for us producing okay. that that program because mm -hmm. it was a start, uh, I guess, of of good things for me. Um, Got it. Uh, the the show eventually um, started picking up, mm -hmm. and you know uh, Monica eventually. Uh, Joined me, okay. both in my life okay. uh, as my partner and also my partner in business. Correct. And um, uh, at the start, it was also a struggle for us because although we had a few closed accounts, right. we had to be very creative mm -hmm. because a lot of the the advertisers who were in co the construction industry wanted to pay us in barter. Yeah, right. X deal is the yeah. ship for X them. Deal. They wanted to right. all no. pay, right. and I can't tell. Our staff, like, okay, can we just pay you, like, bathroom fixtures this, this yeah. month or toilet this month, right? We, we can't do that, right? Right. Or so, tiles. So, oh, here's your tiles. <laughs> Sell it. So I had to be creative, right? Right, right. So there was another eureka moment for me. Okay. Uh, I was thinking, okay, what if all these barter items, right. what if I actually build a house ah. on our real estate show? So that actually set the course for us eventually building homes on Philippine wow. Real TV. So the the kind of business model which is traditional advertising for right, spots, right. Um, we kind of flipped it and, and and actually created something that created value. Right. Because a lot of the advertisers, people would really need to use them when they build their house, right? Yeah. And and a lot of um, 
the, the creativity of putting these deals together yeah. um, really helped later on because um, it really forces you to think, okay, you're given lemons. How do you make lemonade out of this? Right. How or do you stretch? Lemon cake, whatever. Yeah. Right. So yeah. It, w- it was very interesting because we had to be very creative in our use of resources and also yeah. how we would maximize um, what we had. Okay. And to make a long story short, we were able to um, run the show um, successfully up till now because yeah. we had to do something with what we considered then as a liability. Which is? Which is uh, barter arrangements mm-hmm. in lieu of cash. There you go. So we were able to um, build these homes, okay. flip the properties, and eventually make the profit. There you go. So, and I think I, I'm seeing a pattern here of how you also adapted these learnings with the final pitch. Right, right. Pretty sure you're just like, mm, okay, this is my formula now. Okay, I don't care if people was like, yeah, you got bartered. Like, Hell no, you don't see the big picture. Right. right? Yeah, people say, oh, wow, you're so lucky you were able to build a house for free. No way. I mean, the production cost alone for right. running. Mm-hmm. Um, mounting a TV show is astronomical. It's, it's Plus, crazy. you were doing block time, was it? Yeah. Right? So we would buy the time from the network. Correct. So we and this was AMC. Yeah. That right? time, that time Ooh. AMC. So we were f- actually front loading everything. Right. Right. So we we cannot make anything work mm-hmm. until we know that we can cover all our costs. Right. So and sometimes it's really just a gamble. Yeah. Just saying, okay, let's jump. We can do this, and yeah. just pray to God that you know the sales come in. Right. And. He even wrote a book at one point. Just yeah, when I yeah. was like uh, trying to, like, when I knew that I was gonna exit from chatbot, or like, mm, maybe I should start learning how to put up a house. I de- I delved into that. It's like, oh, John, just, I, f- I just forgot to buy the book itself. But yeah. because life, you know, I had fucking putting up a house is not easy, yeah. right? All of last year, all I did was fucking go to all Home Depots. Yeah. And fucking <laughs> and all the appliance or just for look for the right furniture, the right whatever. It's hard. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I think you've been able to now walk people through with what you had. Now, question. From this point, how did you jump and how did you just how did final pitch even get born? Yeah, from from okay. this point of view. Yeah, so in terms of the business model, um, right. there was a pattern that was okay. um, emerging. Um, the so we were building houses, right? So mm. I wrote the book that was good for, it actually, um, it was very profitable, yeah. uh, the, the book, and also we eventually put up a brokerage company. Wow. Um, the way I produce shows is so different from, let's say a network would produce right. a show because, and, and I kind of, uh, kind of coined this term for what I actually do, I call it method producing, right? Uh, in much the same way as method actors mm-hmm. get into the industry or life or, or, or right. Or, or world of their character, I also do that with the shows that I produce. You immerse yourself. I immerse, and it's God. beyond immersing. I live it. Yeah. Like for, you know, to produce a real estate show, maybe do some research. I actually started building houses. Yeah, yeah. I got a broker's license, so I'm actually a, a, wow. a licensed, licensed real estate broker. Okay. Yeah. Um, part of uh, the evolution of being more than just a TV producer in that industry, okay. of actually involving yourself and being being a player. Wow. within that industry. So I was able to create different businesses mm-hmm. um, that emerged from the TV platform. Wow. So that kind of, so that the, the TV platform is actually a mm-hmm. tool for us to get into the industry and participate Got it. as an active player. Mm-hmm. And that sort of evolved, has evolved into, 
as you now know, the, the final, final pitch. Entrepreneurs? <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, let me just come clean, guys. Why, why the hell is John right here uh, as we speak? Because, okay, so you guys know that I, uh, aside from Hustle Share, uh, it now has to become a full story. I'm actually part of the final Twitch this Ta-da. season. Yeah, yeah <laughs> for the podcast network. So find out if I'm going to. So if you're listening to this September 16th, uh, find out if I'm going to be, I don't know. Season premiere September 22. September 22, 8 p.m. on CNN Philippines. There you go. So every Sunday. Okay. Don't go to church <laughs> or go to church early so you can watch the final pitch over dinner. Okay. But how did you. Because. I know you from Philippine Realty TV. I, I watch. I'm one of those dinosaurs that still plug into C. I mean ANC and CNN, whatever. Um, and and look at news, right? I know it's, oh, it's the real estate guy. How did you get exposed in the startup industry in the Philippines? Because this is totally alien. Oh yeah. People were like, hmm, wouldn't even consider us as an industry back then. Yeah. How did you get immersed into this? So what I discovered with the real estate industry when I was produce, producing the show is that right. because I was so immersed in it, I, mm-hmm. I kind of knew that, okay, these are the steps that I should take so that I could eventually be become a player in that industry. Got it. And my entry point is usually or has been the TV show that I produce. Got it. So in this case, um, the, the concept of the final pitch actually evolved okay. from just watching... Shark Tank. Shark Tank. Right. And one night, I was, um, oh, my wife and I were invited to an event. So uh, this was a Go Negotia event. Yep. Um, and Shout out Jokon. Yeah. It pay was, yeah Please it, pay us. <laughs> we have the right network, yo. Listen to the yeah. listeners. If you're listening to this, man, there's a lot of, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Right. Speaking of network, uh, yeah. you know, I, we went to the event and there were like maybe 300, 500 people there who were like the who's who. Of business, right? You had MVP. Yep. You had um, Bamakino, who was, is my batchmate, was there, and you had no people. way. Yeah, yeah, wow. uh, yeah. Uh, Bam, we knew each other since we were third wow. grade. So we again, shorts. just a little caveat: we had a hustle of how the Philippine startup law was yeah. uh, was made here. So just look it up, scroll down. Uh, the hustle behind the Philippine startup law. It's not an act now; it's a law. So God bless him for that. So you had, you met him, Jokon, and all these things. Yeah. MVP. So so there were so many people there who right. were influencers in yeah. in the business sector. RJ Desma. Yeah. Yeah. That, right. So you know, um, and we figured, hey, you know, I, I was talking to my wife Monica. She said, I told her, you know, we're so lucky that we're here. Yeah. Um, and we could actually go up to any person there. Yeah. And if we had uh, something that we wanted to pitch, mm-hmm. we could do it. We could just walk up to a person and say, hey, we're doing this. Um, maybe we could interest you in partnering with us or doing mm-hmm. something, right? But not everyone is as lucky. Right. Right? So... And to get all these people in the same room. Yeah, yeah. Dude, so, that's like... That is like the Illuminati. That is yeah. the G7 or whatever, yeah. right? Or Davos. Yeah. Right? Where they all congregate <laughs> right. and to be in the same room. Because right. if not, on a normal day, mm-hmm. you'd have to go no and knock way. through their doors. No way. No way. No. Yeah. So, so I told Monica, I told her, you know what? The concept for... Um, and I've always been a, a big fan of Mark Burnett. Yep. And, and so he's actually... Bar. Yeah. There the, you go. the guys produced, I think, to me, the most successful shows. Yeah. Um, uh, just because they work, yeah. Also commercially. Thank God you didn't make it the final survivor. Huh? <laughs> That's too <laughs> tough, man. <laughs> like, like, nope, nobody want to see me naked, <laughs> <laughs> right? Thank yeah. you. You didn't go that extreme. <laughs> All right. So, so, um, yeah. I told her, 
I think this is the time to come up with something, a business show yeah. that would connect investors right. to startup entrepreneurs. And that was a big pain point. I mean, coming from the startup game for, for a while, and it's my 10th year more or less, right? It's not fucking easy, yeah. right? It took me a while to get to this level, right? So many fuck-ups that I did, right? That's why this Hustle Share podcast yeah. exists. So and what 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 was the first step to coining the show? Because you, you've had initial uh, investors. What was the first step to get that done? <laughs> you know, that night, uh, yeah. that very same night, I, I told Monica, you know, um, I think we should do this. And usually I run an idea for right, her right. first and I try to gauge yeah. what her reaction is. And she said, yeah, I think it's a good idea. So that night, Mm-hmm. Uh, right after I told her that, I immediately went to work. No way! Right, <laughs> with just an idea. Yeah. Uh, wow. So, so um, immediately, okay. like, first person I saw was Joe Concepcion. Joe Con, right? Um, and I immediately told him about the mm-hmm. concept. You know, we want to do. Uh, we're going. No, actually, we, it's not. We don't want. We. Yeah, we're doing uh, it. We're yeah, we're going to be doing um, a show yeah. where we will be linking up the uh, investors to startup entrepreneurs. Right, he right. said, yeah, that's a good idea. So I was kind of already yeah, testing yeah, the yeah. idea. Mm-hmm. And then I, pro- I approached um, uh, Secretary Mon. Ah, Mon <laughs> so, Lopez. So sec- Who wasn't a secretary back then? Uh, or was he already? He was already. Oh, was he? Okay, newly cool, minted cool. Okay, at the okay. time. So I approached him. I told him, we're doing the show. Okay. And I approached also another person who I won't name, okay. um, who also ended up um, as one of our season one investors. I, I kind of know who this is. Okay, I'm reading between the lines. Right, right, right. Cool, cool, cool. So, so just on the basis of that idea, I immediately went to work. We okay. went around and that, that night, the show, the final pitch was born. Wow. Right at that moment. Okay. So it's just idea and execute immediately. <laughs> wow. Now, okay, let's take a break. And how did you now execute from idea to season one all the way to now season four? But let's talk about that more after the rake. Hey, Hustlers, it's time to talk business once again. And we're excited to share a bit more info about our sponsors, Sprout Solutions. And again, just like what I said at the start of the episode, you should check out Sprout's Payroll Starter as you grow your own startup. Because this bundle that they have is literally what you need to take your startup to the next level as you grow your employees. And this bundle is your key to freedom, including payroll outsourcing to experts, a subscription to timekeeping and attendance software, and government compliance services. Sprout's Payroll Starter has you covered for payroll, BIR, SSS, and taxes. All the stuff that no founder loves to do. So let Sprout handle the busy work and say goodbye to lines and tax payment stress. All this for as low as 5,000 pesos. Again, that's just 5,000 pesos all in for your payroll and HR needs. So visit sprout.eh payroll-starter-monthly-5k or again, just click the link in the description box of this episode to elevate your business management game. And again, big thank you to Sprout Solutions liberating your time for what truly matters. Hey Hustlers, wish there was an easy way to open a bank account and grow your money without the hassle of lengthy application process and income documents? Well, I got good news because today's sponsor, Uno Digital Bank, is here to help you achieve your financial goals. You can easily open an account with the Uno app in just five minutes and one valid ID. And as one of the six digital banks licensed by the Banco Central ng Pilipinas, the company is committed to providing customers with simpler, better, and more accessible banking. 
Last year, Uno Bank was recognized by the Asia Banking and Finance Awards and bagged the title Open Banking Initiative of the Year due to the success of its partnership with Gcash, one of the Philippines' leading mobile wallet platforms. And with the Uno mobile app, you can access an hashtag UnoReady savings account and enjoy daily interest crediting. With their hashtag UnoEarn or hashtag UnoBoost time deposit accounts, you can enjoy a high interest rate of up to 6.5% per annum. Enjoy monthly payouts with hashtag UnoEarn and flexible tenors with hashtag UnoBoost. Other app features include pay bills, the Uno Virtual Debit MasterCard, life insurance, scan and pay with QRPH, and phones. And the one thing that I really love about Uno Digital Bank is they're open to collaborate with a lot of Filipino startups. I've had a chance to see the partnerships that they've had lined up with the startups that they have, and it's truly exciting to see how a digital bank like Uno can enable startups to unlock the power of fintech through digital banking. So if you're ready to elevate your banking experience, download the Uno mobile app today from the Google Play Store or App Store. Or if you want to collaborate with them, I'll be happy to give you an intro. Just shoot us an email at hello at huffleshare.com. Hey, hustlers, I hope you're having a great 2024 so far. As you know, a lot of startups had a very challenging 2023, and hopefully things are going to do better this year for a lot of us. Not just because it's the year of the dragon, but also because our sponsor, Dragon Pay, is here to help your startups process payments in the most efficient way. Established in 2010, Dragon Pay empowers businesses of all sizes to accept and disperse payments through secure and convenient channels, giving your customers the flexibility to choose the payment method that suits them best. With over 85 partner channels, 35,000 partner branches nationwide, including QRPH, e-wallets, crypto, buy now, pay later, and many more. They also process an astonishing 15 million transactions processed globally each month. Dragon Pay is your trusted choice for online payments. And here's something to show you how legit Dragon Pay is. Dragon Pay was named FinTech of the Year at last year's Philippine FinTech Festival in 2020. So let's make 2024 extra prosperous for you and your startup in this year of the Dragon. For more details, head on over to dragonpay.ph. That's dragonpay.ph. Trust the pioneer, trust Dragon Pay. And we're back for the final part of the Hustle Share podcast. We're still with John Aguilar, who now has minted. Now we know the origins of, of, of the final pitch. But John, now after this, what was the early challenges? Because from Philippine Realty TV, was there a lot of overlap of how you execute on the on the production side and how you do the final pitch? Overlap? Um, uh, not much overlap. Right. I would think... Uh, Conceptually, I, I'm really lucky now that I have right. a great team yeah. that um, is able to. That my 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 goal has always been to make right. myself obsolete when it yes. comes to production, right? Right. Um, the team has to be able to do it on their own. I empower right. them. I tell them I have to make as few decisions as possible because you should run the show. Right. Uh, my focus now is mainly on business development and trying right. to basically opening doors. Exactly. Right. Exactly. But 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 before we go to the next question, just doubling down on this because it's not easy to build a team yeah. to be blessed it's not a fucking blessing that oh papa papa god will just give you another fucking no you have to go and weave these out oh, yeah. there's majority of the time you're not going to get the right fit how were you able to build such an amazing team and i see the work yeah 
They have fun doing it, but this is not by accident. Someone had to build this. How did you build this team, and what are the quality qualities that you look for to to assemble this as as the Nick Fury yeah. of, of the final pitch? <laughs> okay, as much as I'd love to say that all my people are original from my first you know right. start start startup days, right? Um, that's not the case because okay. there have been a lot who have fell. Uh, through the cracks. Yep. I mean, even as a young entrepreneur, you mm. would make a lot of mistakes. So I have to yeah. admit, um, when I was starting out, I did not know how to manage people. Mm-hmm. I did not know how to um, do a lot of things. Right. And through the years, you know, people have come and gone, mm-hmm. right? But what I'm really grateful with the team that I have right now, mm-hmm. um, and in particular, I will cite um, two cases. Okay. Like, for example, um, one one of my producers. Um, actually, um, put up with some partners, his own production company. Oh, right. Um, they failed at it, mm. but when he came on board and saw what we were doing, okay. realized that what I was doing was actually what he should have been doing with his partners. He kind of yeah. saw that um, you have to be able to think of the right things, um, produce shows or content that not just um, resonate with you as a person. That's because you do it. But it has to make business sense. Yes. And I think that's why, and he said that that's why they failed as a company because they were kind of just doing things on their own because they wanted to do it without looking at the market. Someone's got to pay the bills. Yeah. yeah. Always. Right. right. And that's, I think, that's one thing that I will have to do with the podcast network mm-hmm. as well. You know, one of the things that I wanted to validate when I created Hustle Share, aside from the mission of providing the hustle, was dude, this got to make money. I'm not doing this for free, right? Someone's got to pay the yeah. bills, and whoever I'm doing it for, who's going to pay the the the, the bills per se, um, has has to be a good fit, right? So thank you, Pioneer, uh, for, for for getting that done. Thank you also for season one um, sponsor, Payroll Hero. Yeah, because I'm not just shoving right. shit in your throats right now, because this has real value right. in your right. lives as tech entrepreneurs, yeah. and I think that that's I, I would have to agree on that. Yeah. What's the other thing that he said? So, so that's the first guy, Joel. Yeah. Our other producer, Don. Okay. Um, has been, has, Don has been a freelancer all his life. Right. Right? Um, he told me, and I will never forget this, he told me at some point, uh, he, he freelanced for our third season, right? Okay. And in between seasons, um, we were really looking for someone we can take on who's senior, who, who could work with us full time. Right. And he told us that he was actually waiting for us to make an offer to, to, to invite yeah. him on board uh, wow. full-time. Wow. And he's never had like a full-time job yeah. just because he preferred being a freelancer. Right. He wanted that flexibility. Yeah, he wanted For that. him to but, offer being locked up. Yeah. He right. said, and these were his words, he said, you know, I, I've experienced the show and I've seen the impact that it can create. I believe in your vision mm-hmm. and I know that the entrepreneurs that come out of here come up with something. They, they, the, the show, as cliche as it may sound, but it's true, it changes lives, literally. Yeah. Because these entrepreneurs who come out on the show have something concrete right. that they get out of it after. They get the investment. They get to hire more people. They yeah. get to build their companies. Yeah. And he saw that because he saw the, the mentorship right. that, that you know, the entrepreneurs went through. And he said, you know, I... I want to be in this thing. I believe in this and right. I want to stay here. <laughs> and run through the long yes, game. Yes, yes. And again, I agree because 
you changed my life. I did not know Sir Henry Lim Bon Leung existed. <laughs> Again, and also a little caveat. I was supposed to actually join season two. Right. Before I applied yep. at Chatbot PH. And I did not know we were going to get acquired. Right? I was like, fuck, there's this, Sir Henry is there and I want to be pitching him too, blah, blah, blah. Right? You didn't know when you were switching networks, I think, at yeah. that time. From right? History so, Channel to CNN Philippines. Correct. And then right till the end, I think I got to the final when I'm going to pitch, I told you, John, sorry, I got acquired. Yeah. So I was like, that was like the best shit to say, but I'm sorry. <laughs> but I, I knew in, in the in the future that we were going to have to work together. And thank, thank God I thought of Podcast Stockholder through the Hustle Share podcast. Thank you very much. But dude, thank you. Because if this didn't open up, now you gave entrepreneurs a glimpse of hope. Because now, oh shit, this shit exists. Yeah. And that's what I'm trying to do with the podcast. That, oh shit, this shit exists. Right. That I can get to this level through this way. And you know, just by being exposed to it, the funding actually is just a bonus. Yeah. Being getting that PR, putting yourself out there, because you're only pitching to four four investors right. now. Right. But how many investors out there mm-hmm. can actually see this? Yeah. Right? That would open up more doors. So again, thank you in behalf you're of welcome, the PH. You're Appreciate it. So okay, now how did you grow? Because I've seen the quality as well. It improved drastically. Yeah. Season one, you had bad audio yeah. and whatnot. Now you, this is pretty solid. And yeah. now season four is like, I'm pretty sure it's going to be <laughs> fast. And also the way you produce in between seasons is yeah. faster now. Right, right. How did you make that machine better? Yeah. Um, first of all, first season was really, um, it was our, our test, yeah. right? It was our MVP. Got your feet wet. Yes. Yeah. We needed to come out with a concept and just prove that it works. And okay. fortunately, you know, we got a couple of um, startups funded. We got yeah. uh, Flyspaces funded, Maria Health. Right. So those are really good names to have as yeah. your proof of concept. Mm-hmm. Um, even Kit from Davao. Um, even Sterling Infused Water, water oh, now. Yeah, Jeff yeah. So we got a couple of them, um, you know, funded. Mm-hmm. And it was our MVP. And yeah. even if, yeah, that time we had really bad audio, the lighting was off. And, yeah. you know, it was just really getting the product Even out the there. venues were better now. Oh, it yeah. Is, yeah. yeah. Backdrop. Yeah. It's like, right. I, I know I'm going to look good somewhere in there. Like, <laughs> whoever's <laughs> editing pretty, man. <laughs> my face, God bless you. <laughs> That's probably going to be half of your time. But anyway, so... It, it improved, but was there a change in the dynamic of how you ran the team to, or was it natural by default? It takes a lot of hard work to produce the show, not just from the technical perspective, but because we truly want for there to be investments made at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. So when I say to make it work, it's beyond the technical aspects of producing a show. Okay. It's making sure that the due diligence is done properly, it's making sure that once the handshake is done after the final pitch, that we actually help them um, negotiate right. further. Because a lot of the time, um, after the handshake, it's not—it's really just the start of the yeah. relationship, right? Uh, it's never really just that's it. Correct. And a lot of the times, like like for me, um, mm. that is not like like the like like after. Yeah. I like starting things, but the the hand holding. That's where Monica is really good yeah. at, right? She makes sure that, okay, this is what the investors want. This is what um, the entrepreneurs are offering. How mm-hmm. can we make it work? Mm-hmm. And, you know, not everything, not all of the deals push through. Of course. Right? Due and, diligence. And any yeah. kind of startup, startup funding round, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I got this from Minette Navarrete. Yeah. 
right? So I, I learned this early. The term sheet is not binding. Yes. The only time you actually act, close the deal is when someone writes you a fucking check. Correct. And you cashed it in. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's when you actually got funded. <laughs> not when you, oh, hun chick, fuck that hun chick, bro. Like, it, it's not going yeah. to, it's not it. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, I'm curious, what happens behind the scenes? What do we not see? Because I've seen you guys work. But I'm pretty sure there's a lot of pre-work yeah. happening. Walk us through that scene. How, how do, do you... Uh, Edit a lot. How much editing time is being done? Yeah. What type of discussions are done pre, pre and between seasons yeah. and whatnot? Okay, so I think um, first things first. The most important uh, part is the the point where I'm pitching to the investors, mm. um, because I have to be able to convince the investors that right. this is a great platform for you. Yeah, um, to be able to find these entrepreneurs that have been waiting yeah. um, to get into the show and try their luck. Mm-hmm. Right, um, I have to be able to convince them that mm-hmm. um, we're going to come up with a great season and a great cast, mm-hmm. and that their time uh, will be worth it. Right, right. That's what you don't see. People see, okay, you have your cast and you have the entrepreneurs, yeah. but the the kind of research yeah. that is also done um, because you know not everyone would have the guts to try out for a reality show. Absolutely. Right? right, and we have to be able to come up with a season where we get a good cast, right. cast of characters mm. that do not just have good businesses, but actually will, you know, crazy motherfuckers well. like me, yeah, right? like you. You're like the the, oh the my God. Co- comedy yeah, uh, element of oh the season. God. I'm not gonna and, and tell I'm, anything, and I'm glad to have you on board the season because yeah. it's gonna be like one of the craziest, funniest seasons we've ever had. <laughs> Because of Ronster by Tiong. Oh my God. You are, man, just, I'm, uh, sometimes the, the producers and I just look at each other like, oh my God, this is like, because you're, you're natural, man. You're a natural comedian. And, <laughs> Got you know, that in high school. <laughs> hats off. I mean, you are just the life of the show. Oh, I mean, man, this season's going to be one hell of a ride. Thank you. Because of your participation <laughs> in it, right? I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing because. Oh my god! I'm not gonna say shit. I'm gonna say shit that I'm not supposed to say, right? Oh, so, okay. the episode I won't give it away, but yeah. pink is like. Oh my god! Hell no! Pink monster. Oh, fuck no. Yeah. If you want to see me turn into a fucking walking marshmallow, that's what it is. Just watch. Uh, so this September 22 all the way to uh, December 15, 15 is the yes, finale. That's the last. That's okay. Film. So the bear match. It's not about Jose Mary Chan. It's about. My Chan. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That's what it is. Okay, now uh, on the other side. So again, final pitches here. Very awesome. I'm curious about some other stuff. Let's pay it forward further. Sure. But let's start about your other hustle. Talk about your other hustles first. You're creating a venture builder. Yes. How did this new thing again come about? And it's called the Dragon's Nest. What, oh. What's it supposed to do? Okay. So, and I guess this is, um, okay. I'll just get right to it. Right. Um, remember what I told you about the TV platform right. serving a purpose mm-hmm. uh, as a tool? Mm-hmm. So the final pitch is actually our tool Yeah. so that in the future, we will also be able to create our own startups. Got it. So for people who don't know what a venture builder is or the right. venture builder or startup studio model. Right. Um, it's a factory. As, a, as opposed to... Mm. Um, incubators and accelerators yep. that work with existing startups, mm-hmm. a startup studio or venture builder creates its own startups right. from the ground up. So what's going to happen is that we will be launching startups next year. Right. 
we the the process will start with us inviting uh, uh-huh. the conglomerates to join us. Got it. Create startups that will be leveraging on exponential technologies. Got it. So um, it's a JV, more or less. It's it's um more or less. Yeah. So what what this was inspired mm-hmm. by um uh by my Singularity University yes, course. Yes, yes. What did you learn that I saw oh, you went to? Oh my god! Like that that was um you got woke. Yes, uh, mega sing- woke. Yeah. So right. for people who don't know, Singularity University is right. based off of Silicon Valley. Right. Right. Um, it's a. Uh, I took up the uh, executive program. Yeah. And that program literally changed my outlook on the future of everything. Yeah. Of what's going to happen uh, right. to us, to humanity in the right. next few years, yeah. even. Um, and what I learned from that, coming from that, is that. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the things that are happening right now around the world right. um, that are exponential in nature, we can actually do here in the Philippines and in the yeah. ASEAN region. Mm-hmm. Um, what it taught me is that to be able to affect great change and mm-hmm. to be able to do great things, you have to think exponentially. It's not. It's never incremental. It has to be exponential. Yep. It's 10x. Big fucking picture. You have to think of big things yeah. and create big companies. Right. It doesn't matter if you start small or if you start in one company or right. one, 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 one region or one country. Right. So what we're going to create are startups that will be partnered with conglomerates. Nice. That will be creating the ASEAN region's next exponential startups. Right. So, Unicorns, decacorns, whatever. That's the goal. Hopefully, that's the goal. But the mentality is from the onset going to be regional. So we're not going to create something that is hyper-local. We're going to create something that will have, um, right from the get-go, a regional perspective and a regional footprint. Correct. Um, That is why, as part of uh, the plans for um, that business and that show, because it is also going to be a new show. Oh, shit. So, so, wow. So you've been this morning to the physical facility. Right, right, right. Dragon's Nest. Yeah, I thought I was being kidnapped. I was like, what the <laughs> fuck is this? Is this where Cardo will save me? <laughs> so you yeah. and, and your cohort mm-hmm. of entrepreneurs for season four are actually right. the first people outside of our organization oh. that has seen Dragon's Nest. Nice. Looks so. like a nest, guys. In there. I didn't see the dragon. Yeah. <laughs> but it looks like a nest. Right. So... Um, uh, that's going to be uh, the physical facility. Think Big Brother, but for startups, Got right? It. And uh, we will be launching the startups next year. But latter part of this year mm. is going to be our call out for the CEOs, founders, will, the founder CEOs that Got we it. will invite to be mm. the CEOs of these startup companies that we will. But how building. will they get? Because again, at the end of the day, are you, from a normal startup path. Right, normal startup uh, birth or whatnot. Yeah. The why or the problem is deeply ingrained with the founder. Now right. I've seen this. Uh, I'll tell you where I've seen this first. It, I, the first venture type where several companies were tried to be born out of that I've seen. I've seen Kickstart do this before, mm-hmm. right? Unfortunately, it did not end well. Yeah. Right. So they tried to assemble a team, gave them some minor equity with with the big thing. I don't know what happened, right? So I'm not really privy to say it, but I've seen this before. For you, um, I'm pretty sure it's not gonna be nailed out of the park right away because you know you're playing Nick Fury again, yeah, right? And now you're putting 
thing. But there's one thing that I like that you're putting it in here. You're, it's not just a whatever funds money. It's backed by a corporation. Where in a, in a tech startup ecosystem, especially in the, here in the Philippines, one of the biggest topics that we always see that this missing missed out is that corporate and startup collaboration. Right, right. If you're forcing them to merge, hopefully I just... They, they just execute in startup speed and they use startup KPIs, yeah. right? Just if you're going to use give me a fucking corporate KPI, that's not going to work, right? Because they we operate differently, right? And let that incubation thing happen. What do you think are the key successful or key KPIs that you'd need to see uh, to make this work this yeah. early? I know it's still very early in the game and by, by, yeah. by the time someone's listening to this, it would be totally different, but what do you see now that would be make this successful? Yeah, first of all, if you take a look at the pain points right. of startups, um, a big thing, a big stumbling block is usually funding. Yeah. Right? And as a founder, you have this great idea. Mm. You try to assemble the right people, mm. right? And you try to execute mm. with your limited resources. So what a venture builder does is from the get-go already have funding. Yeah. Now, the corporate-backed ventures that we will put up um, in terms of the direction of the startup, right. the direction is going to be based on the innovation challenge or dilemma of the conglomerate, ah, right? But so it's internal. But mm. but Ron, but um, we are going to be asking for a very long leash. It right? should be because, like what I said, you can't pull the plug like a normal. Yes. In, so yeah, technically, it's going to be operated as a startup should be operated, which is autonomous. independent, autonomous, right. fast. And the way it's going to be done is that if you can just imagine, you will have the resources already and you will have access as well to the resources of the conglomerate. Right. You, If you wanted to run or test something, you can because right. they will allow you to. You can use their data. Mm. You can use their people. Mm. Essentially giving you the best tools that you can get from a conglomerate, right. but having the flexibility and autonomy of a startup. And I, I, I would have to say, if, if given the right circumstances, this could work. Yes. You know why? Because that's exactly what's going on with me with mm. Chatbot Page. Yeah. I am semi-autonomous. Mm. Yeah, there's going to be some overlaps in, in whatnot with accounting, with HR, whatever. But they let me do my shit. Right. Right. Which is as it should be, right? Correct. And if you can just imagine if we can have that kind of relationship with right. a conglomerate, because they have to make they have to know that they cannot impose their will. Because if they do, then might as well just do something in house. Correct. Right? But also just bridging the gap here. At the end of the day, that's 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 also a challenge that the founders that you'll have to get to do this will have to hurdle. Exactly. We have to have enough finesse to be able to meet that expectation right. and back it up with results. Right. Because a lot of startups also fail here because they can't fucking like, uh, they, they, exactly. they do the vanity stuff. Like, and, and that's right. what we're experiencing right now with the final pitch. Because right. as you, I told you, we we're doing a lot of hand-holding after. Mm -hmm. So we can see the pain points, right? right? We can see that, okay, there's issues with disbursement of funds, with um, you know revenue generation not being as fast as what the investors would you know normally yeah. want right yeah. so so those things come into play but the thing is if you're creating something that is okay and we and this is going to be the goal of of the venture builder if right. you're going to create moonshot startups yep and projects then you have from the onset have to have this mentality that immediate returns is not really the goal here. No. The goal here 
is to be able to create something that is different, something that you have never thought of. You cannot do within your 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 business or your conglomerate. Yeah. Something that can surprise you a year, two years, three years later right. and see that, hey, I'm glad that we gave this a chance because had we tried to do this on our own, maybe we, w- we would have never um, gotten to that point just right. because of the way we operate. Because, you know, the conglomerates right. are notoriously... Uh, impatient. Impatient. There you go. Uh, control freaks. Correct. Right? And that just and to, not It's not startups. their fault because that's actually how they got here. Exactly. You know? Exactly. But one thing that also I would have to commend you is because in order for this to work, there needs to be a mediator. Right. In, in a normal startup agile environment, I'll just have to say it. I'll go a little bit jargon in this, but read up about Scrum and agile development. In a normal environment, right, there's always, it's polarized, right? In a normal, if you're creating something, there's, uh, and especially in startups, there's the product owner, which is the one who wants all the fucking, oh, this is what we're going to build. Right. And then at the other hand, you're, you have the developers. Mm-hmm. The developers, they think in code, right? If there's no mediator, and I've seen so many startups fuck up on this one, because a product owner, hey, dev, build me this, build me this. And the dev will always be like, yeah, 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 we'll do it. But they don't know how to fucking dissect right. that. It's never going to work. Yeah. And then think of it in, in that setup. The founders and the, the corporations, there's no mediator. It's not going to work. Yeah. That's where the middleman comes in and right. becomes very crucial. It's the scrum master who then um, manages the expectation of the, 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 the product owner and dissects everything from a project point of view for the developer. There's no direct interaction. The scrum master is the key. So that, I think, would be a, a big role of how you would have to manage all of that stuff. Okay, now last, let's pay it forward. Uh, easily, this is going to be one of our longest episodes, but it's worth it. So stick it out. This, it just, just gets better than this. And this is, um, I guess, a shout out to, to, to a lot of startups right now who have focused maybe on the glitter, the glamour of the startup fluff, the startup the fluff, fluff. Or, yeah. or you know all these pitching competitions which is ironic because I'm running one yeah I, I produce <laughs> uh, the final pitch right, right? right but there are a lot of startups out there who sometimes um, you know join um, startup competitions left and right yeah. and go through the process of going to all the incubators right right and, and to be a perpetual incubatee yeah which I feel in the long term really distracts you yeah. from what you should be doing, which is at the onset, it sh- you should be really a business that is revenue. Um, I, I, wouldn't, I don't want to say revenue generating, but revenue focused. Correct. Right? Because, I mean, I may be in the startup scene now, but I've always right. believed that revenue or sales cures it's king. all. It's king. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean... I think that's the kind of perspective that I bring to the startup scene because right. I've been an entrepreneur for many years now. Yeah. And I, I know that, okay, you may, because sometimes, you know, people join pitching competitions because, you know, if they win, sure, they get the media mileage, they get the PR, right? right? They get the their 15 minutes, right? Yeah. But if you join one pitching competition after another, it kind of deviates from your main mission, which should be scaling, growing your business. Right. But but that's a thing. Um, I think it's something that a lot of startups have to learn. Right. Um, and it's not something that you can 
it, it's, it's something that you really have to um, get off your system. Correct. Right? And you have to be I, doing I, it for the I right would have things. to complain too. Because as a first time, a lot of the first time entrepreneurs are the one who are, ones who are guilty of this. Mm-hmm. There's more than pitching, joining pitching com- companies, um, uh, pitching competitions and whatnot. First-time entrepreneurs have a shiny object syndrome. <laughs> they want to be everything yeah. to everyone, right? I had this notoriously back in guestlist.ph and party file. Unfortunately, as well, the only one who can break that cycle is failure. Because nobody's going to bitch slap you hard enough. Mm-hmm. Then, because, yeah, people will always give you the, the, the foresight. Oh, I'll play fucking, yeah. you know, profit. Like, hey, don't do that. Yeah. You know? Failure puts things in perspective. Super. Right? When you fail and you fail big time. Yep. Like, that's fuck when you shit realize, up. Like, yeah, that's when right. you realize, oh my God, shit. I really have to be in business, right? right. It can't just be all this papogi, right? Yep. You really have to generate cash flow. You have to be able to not just uh, please yourself, but no. actually please your advertisers, your investors, etc. Because a lot of people think, a lot of startups think that okay, I, I have to get an investment so that yeah. I can, you know, sustain my enterprise. No. When, when the reality is, that investment is your debt. Correct. So actually, when you get an investment, that's when you're thinking, oh, now. The I'm stakes are higher. Higher. I'm negative now. I have to work double time. Correct. And again, I'll also uh, shout out to one pre- previous. If you want to th- learn more about like investments and all that, there's two people that I've had here in the show before. Michael Lintz of Golden Gate Ventures. It provides you a perspective of what the hustle of a venture capitalist is. In a local one, the hustle behind Kickstart Ventures, uh, Minette Navarrete. Yeah. And again, she said this on the episode. If you want uh, to, to listen to it, just look for it. In the in the show, DBTH, don't buy the hype. <laughs> That's it, you know. And yeah. and I agree. I always remind myself DBTH. Okay, as we wrap this up, uh, John, I have a few questions to pay it forward. But let's start with one from one of our uh, one of our hustle share community people. His name is Jeff Doolittle, and he ha- he he's wanted to ask you how did an uh, how did an apparent failure set you up for a success later on? Uh, okay. So one thing about failure with me in particular is that I treat each failure as an opportunity to get better. Um, I've been pitching since I was in my early 20s. And I can tell you all the number of of times that I've failed or I've gotten a no actually helped yeah. To you know, you know when when you know, you, you always do something and you fail, and mm-hmm. you know you you think that the next thing that you do, okay, I can't possibly go down or right. or, or, or or perform worse than I have the right. last time. It actually teaches you to be to be better, mm-hmm. um, both in convincing people and just generally accepting failure as part of the process. Right. So to me, failure is not just part of it; it's actually integral. Yeah. In helping you. Uh, refine your pitch, got your it. business, and and everything that you do. Mm-hmm. So you gotta accept that fact that you know it's a stepping stone, and you build the ladder using failure. Yeah. F's and F's and F's. <laughs> okay, here's one thing that I think you're, is so profound of you, and um, I've seen this through the show. You know, you fucking practice your spiel. And so I, sometimes I think you're crazy. And the first time, I was like, what the fuck is this guy doing? And he's talking to him. Like, you know, entrepreneurs? And he's looking at the wall. It's like, what is all? So he's practicing his spiel. Was it public Was it, Was public speaking 
such an easy thing for you uh, um, since to get you or did you how did you improve over over time because pitching as an entrepreneur is a key into your part whether you're an introvert or whatever fucking vert you are unfortunately if you're a fucking startup founder you gotta do it so you, you gotta accept that fact how did you become better on over time because you you still practice over time and you don't even write your script you fucking just like memorize it yeah how did you become good at public speaking can I share something with you? And this is kind of a, uh, like a, a sensitive topic for me, right? Okay. Not so sensitive, but you know, when, um, <laughs> when, uh, when we approached CNN Philippines right. to, because the first season we, we came to them and we said, okay. hey, we have this business reality show that we'd like to do with you. Right, right. And, um, and, and you know, we sent them the deck and okay. we sat down with them and said, okay, this is what we're going to do. And I'm going to be the host of the show. Right. Right. And one of their um, reactions to that, and this was after, like over the phone, okay. like one of the executives uh, spoke to me over the phone. So, yeah, we like the concept, but, you know, you think you think it's possible if you could get another host? Wow. Maybe maybe someone who is maybe a celebrity. Wow. Or, or someone who's like a famous um, entrepreneur or a famous um, businessman in the Philippines. Really? Right? Wow. So to me, uh, the the purpose for being the show's host right. is also very personal. True. It's it's not it's not because oh I just want my my face out there. Yeah. Although it does really help, of and course. it's very deliberate, right? Yeah. Because getting myself out there is actually a great way for me to be able to engage people later yeah. on. So it's very deliberate. It's a networking tool as exactly, well. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. But I think more than that, um, it was me hosting the show mm-hmm. is my way of going out there and saying, if someone like me, who you have absolutely no relation with, yeah. can hook you up to this Funding investor. Funding of your life. Yes, or, right. or whoever. And I get you two together, right? Yeah. Um, that would mean that I was successful in doing that for you. And I wanted to be part of that story. Right. I didn't want to get someone who was just going to be um, you know, uh, a moderator pretty face or, whatever. Or, or a pretty face or whatever. I wanted to get, I, I didn't want to get someone just for the sake of having someone introduce people. Right. Right. Because I want, I, I was much a part of their story. Okay. And, and I needed to be that person who would be in the middle. Like mm. you said, the one in the middle who makes everything. Scrum happens. master. Yeah. I, there you go. I essentially orchestrate this entire thing and as right. the orchestrator I want to be in right in the middle to tell yeah. you don't screw this up because yeah. everyone in this show yeah. work their asses off Correct. to make sure that you get your shot absolutely right so yeah. it's too many things important. at stake so yeah. don't fucking take this for granted so what happened was right so, and they said okay um, maybe we can skip maybe we, we can sh- like see like your first season first uh, and you can't do that right you can't yeah. Have uh, shoot an entire season without the network. Of course. Right? So, um, fortunately, um, we got picked up by History, History. Channel for I our love first History season. Channel. So we love yeah. them. We we love working with them. Right. But we thought we felt that CNN Philippines was really a perfect fit for us. Right. So after we aired our first season, um, and by yeah. that time they had seen it and they said, yeah. "All right, okay, we like the show. Okay, let's let's have Sounds you on board." Good. All right. And we've had this great relationship with them ever true, since true. and whenever I bring up 
that conversation of them of them not <laughs> wanting us because they wanted to replace the host. Right, right, and, right. And I always bring that up to them and say, no, 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 no. They say, no, it's not. It's not because of that. It's because you didn't have your first season ah. yet, and so on. So. But you know, that's to me. I, I I took that as, you know, it wasn't a failure. It was a no right. that time, mm-hmm. but it was motivation for me to try harder. That's why you yeah. see me always rehearsing my lines and making yeah. sure that. You know, I do justice to mm-hmm. each and every person that I introduce or right. each conversation that I have with mm-hmm. you guys mm-hmm. on the show. Yeah. Just don't do it right beside me sometimes because it's really creepy. Like, oh, oh, shoot. Are you practicing? I thought you were talking to me, bro. <laughs> it's like entrepreneurs. I'm like, oh, I, I, I'm not entrepreneurs, bro. <laughs> no, okay. So that is awesome. But was there ever a part? Were you this good in public speaking? How did you... Become better, and there is there any hack that you can teach people who are listening right now um, to, to become better at it? Yeah, it's just practice. Um, like right now, uh, I, I get invited to a lot of uh, speaking engagements, okay. and it's really just practice. Also, getting yourself out there and just um, communicating your message. Because I think the key to um, being an effective public speaker is to speak from a place of not just authority, but of um, you have to be genuine. Yeah. You have to be genuine in what you're saying. You right. cannot fake sincerity. Yep. Because whatever it is that I talk about when I come up on stage or what when when I'm on the show, I I speak from from, you know, the, from the deepest heart. recesses right. of my soul because yeah. you know, I'm an entrepreneur. Yeah. Right? So, when I host a show, I'm speaking mm-hmm. as an entrepreneur. There was this moment um season 3, yeah. the finale. I'm not sure if you saw it, but there was this moment in the helipad. Yeah. Uh, it was 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. Um, I gathered all of the entrepreneurs at the helipad. And it was, you know, um, the sun was rising. Right. And I was going to give them, like, my, my good luck right. um, spiel, right. uh, speech to them. Right. And halfway through, I broke down. Wow. Yeah, maybe because of I, the moment, too. I, yeah. And, and just because it was so uh, important to me. You know, like right. just just the 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 level of emotion and the passion too, just yes. bursting out of you. Yes, you know, and that's it. Because I wanted to make sure that these guys. Yeah. Yeah, you you see it, and again, as much as people don't want to just see people break down, especially for guys too, but you can't control it. The same way I wasn't able to control it when we got acquired. Yeah, I do it. I bawled. I, I bawled. I went, and this again in, in my Dubinet episode. That was my homecoming because more than, I, I, more than saying my, to my previous investors that I'm sorry I fucked it up, yeah. I wanted to thank them because without all the help the stupid for the stupid shit putting up with me for me, I was a yeah. total idiot. Right. And, and, and eventually you know, went full circle. Yeah, and, and the, the funny thing is, so... I couldn't hold it, right? So right. I kind of broke down while right. trying to say my thing, right? Yeah. And so I was speaking from someone who mm. orchestrated this entire thing yeah. and just really wanted deeply for them to succeed. Yeah. And um, after that whole thing finished, right. and you know, I asked them to walk away. Right. It's your turn. This is your final pitch. Yeah. And you know, um, for them to to basically chart the rest of their business destiny. Yeah. After the, 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 the and, and, and it was cut, right? Right. Cut. And I put on my producer's hat and, and I told the guys, uh, the crew, 
I certainly hope that you got that because there's no take two for what just happened. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna cry again. What the fuck? That yeah, that right. you cannot fake. Absolutely. That, that was just really raw emotions yeah. and just really wanting for them to get correct that investment. So, thank you again. Nobody else gave gave this platform to us before. We had to knock. We had, yeah, okay. There's gonna be some good, nice pitching competitions left and right, but dude. We're so lucky now that final pitch exists, and without that, it's it's not. Again, I, I'm just here to try, trying to, you know, to, but I'm pretty sure of all the people who's watched and who's gonna be joining here very soon, you know, it, it's. I, I want to thank you for, for for them from them as well. Okay, last uh, couple of questions. What makes a good pitch now? You've seen so many of them at the moment, right? For, for if you're a startup entrepreneur listening to this, this guy is probably one of the few people in the Philippines who's seen as many pitches. What makes a good pitch that makes it and what makes a good uh, a pitch from uh, that doesn't make it? Yeah. Okay, for any investor worth their salt. Okay, so for any investor worth their salt. Right. Um, if you're going to say something for the purpose of impressing an investor, um, my biggest advice would would be for you not to do it okay. right you're not there to impress an investor yep um, you're there to show them exactly what kind of problem you're tackling okay. the solution mm -hmm. and I think more importantly the kind of person that you are okay I always tell the entrepreneurs that come on board that you have to be genuine mm -hmm. and they have to get to know who you are yeah not just as a business person, but as a person right. who is in business. Mm -hmm. That's why we've created the show in such a way where it's not just you pitching. Yeah. We we um, we have you engage in business challenges, and they're very deliberate. Right. You may be thinking that you know these business challenges are just there so that you know we can do these things, and mm -hmm. you know it makes for a good story, whatever. Right. Right. But it's actually a way for the investors to gauge what kind of a person you are yeah. because of um, the, the kind of pressure that we put you through. Yeah, absolutely. They're actually observing um, the entrepreneurs, exactly how they relate with their competitors, with their yeah. teammates, how they're able to process information. Mm. So in a lot of ways, it's very holistic in the sense mm. that beyond the pitch, it's really also character assessment. Got it. And coupled with the fact that we introduce the mentors, it's really a, a very um, 360 way yeah. of um, going through this journey that yeah. allows you not just to convince the investor, but to refine what it is that you came in to begin with. Got it. Right? And that's, so. that's, that's absolutely correct. Because at the end of the day, it's a marriage, yeah, right? You know, they're, they're fucking buying into your company and whatnot. All right, last few, last couple of questions. Work-life balance. When I say work-life balance, you're fucking in shape. My shape is round <laughs> and it's a shape, right? I'm, I used to be an athlete, but I don't have that time. Yeah, This is actually a question for me, literally. Uh -huh. How do you find time? Because, dude, I'm literally dying now because I'm running two companies yeah. plus my podcast. I don't know where to get else where 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 else to get time. It's hard. By the time I get home, all I'm thinking about is I want to sleep. Yeah. All right. I'm done. All right. How do you make that work for you? Okay. I think generally, yeah. and this is beyond just exercise or whatever. But I've always believed in, and and I honestly truly believe in work life balance. Right. Right. I believe in when you're in the office or whatever it is that you're doing to dedicate entirely your your time to that thing yeah but 
like for example in the office and, mm. and this is like our rule in the office I want them in the office um, nine o'clock and I want you gone by six you shouldn't be yeah, here after be six here, right you should be home um, playing with your children going right. home to your wife your mm. boyfriend girlfriend whatever playing with Engage, your wife if you want if you want to play want, with your wife <laughs> <laughs> or engaging in sports right, or going right. out on a date you should be able to engage in activities that are beyond your work got it right and that should be the case for you to have any semblance of a life outside of what you're doing because granted that you have to dedicate your time towards achieving these goals right, right. but you have to give yourself that break and it's very important like for me i mean personally i mean exercise is just yeah. it, it just really works for me just because mm-hmm. you know it's it's a good outlet yeah but it may not be exercise it may be you know a hobby for some but mm-hmm. just you know, th- this shouldn't be your end all and be all. NBA 2K is my escape. <laughs> it's coming out. <laughs> they will not be able to find me. <laughs> I'm stuck with me in my game. Now, I've been playing that for, since I was a, a child. All right. Last question. Networking. You've Ooh, always yeah. come to a fucking fresh new continent with no but no not knowing nobody yeah. but there's got to be a method to the madness now how do you know who the right person to talk to is yeah. because you know you can you can always network eventually mm-hmm. if you try hard enough you're gonna get there yeah but if you seep through the the right people you're gonna get there faster what's your yeah. method in networking okay so right now i just i had just come from hanoi right because um we're taking the final pitch uh, across Boom. Asia. There you go. And uh, my first stop was Hanoi. Um, and it was very deliberate. I got invited yeah. to the, the Hanoi Innovation Summit. Nice. And um, it was very purposeful in the sense that even prior to the event itself, I had already secured meetings. Wow. Like on the day of, um, like I my, my flight. Yeah. So the day that we shot uh, the I Baskin have- Robbins episode, um, that ended at 7. My flight was 10.30 p.m. Um, went straight to the airport. Got to Hanoi by around 1 to 2 a.m. Um, the next day, 9 a.m., I was already networking. And I had Dude. 18 meetings lined up. Yeah. I had 18 meetings lined up. Mm. What was critical was that I knew that I only had two days. Right. Right. So it had to be very deliberate. Mm-hmm. I. I had already corresponded with a few people that I right. knew I wanted to meet. And there were also people who reached out to me. So okay. it was very deliberate in the sense that there was something that um, I was there for specifically. Right. Like I knew that I needed to find a local partner mm-hmm. in Vietnam. Mm-hmm. I knew that I needed to find local investors that would be part of the final pitch Vietnam. Right. And I also knew that I needed to, um, to find the right partners. Uh, that would be able to help me get to the networks, etc. So all very deliberate, but um, and that's kind of how I look at networking. Got it's it. not just blindly going no, to every. No, no, it has to be event. intentional. Very, very intentional. It's a game plan, just like how you yeah. prepare for your 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 thing before when you were in high school. Yeah, you have to prepare. It has to be, otherwise you're just wasting your time. And then digging deep. Yeah, exactly. Sounds exactly. good. All right, thank you very much, John. This is easily the longest episode. This is 
by far longer than the Ron Host episode, uh, which was season two uh, premiere. But this is worth it. This has been fun. I hope you had fun. I did. I did. Okay. So Thanks for having me, man. John, invite over the, to, uh, the, the people or the Hustle Share listeners to, to the new the newest season, season four of the, of the final pitch. How, how, how do they do that and where do they do? Okay. So for people who want to watch the final pitch, they can catch us uh, beginning uh, September 22 on CNN Philippines. That's yep. 8 p.m. every Sunday. And we have replays as well every 9.30 p.m. Right. Mondays and Saturdays 1 p.m. But apart from that, they can also log into our website, yep. uh, thefinalpitch.ph. Okay. Uh, and we'll have the previous seasons there, previous oh. uh, episodes. There you go. It. Thank you very much, John. Appreciate it. Thanks, Ron. And entrepreneurs. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Again, thank you very much. And guys, if you enjoyed that episode, please don't forget to give us a follow on whatever your uh, app you're listening this to, whether it's Spotify, whatever, uh, iTunes, or Google Podcasts. Just there's a follow button there. Press it. Okay, for us. And don't forget to join our Hustle Share community on Facebook if you want to get first dibs over who's going to be coming over into the show so that you get uh, a gist of what we're going to be doing next. And also message us on our chatbot, on Hustle Share chatbot on m.me slash slash sorry I fucked this up um, slash hustle share powered by chatbot ph and guys don't forget to support Pinoy podcasters we are proudly part of the podcast network go to podcastnetwork.asia to check out all the other Pinoy podcasters in our network and John thank you very much again appreciate it thanks man and I'll see you guys in the next episode peace